Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we gather together this morning to worship You. We understand that Worship is an appropriate response to who you have revealed yourself to be. Thank you for all that you have done for us through Jesus Christ. He is the reason why we are able to come together in unity because of his work, especially his work upon the cross. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, Joe, I have a question for you. You thought you were going to get out of it this Sunday morning, didn't you? We'll let you off the hook a little bit. This is a very simple question. You own a Steinway, don't you? Or you have a Steinway to play? Am I correct? You have, you, do you, you have a Steinway and son's piano to play throughout the week? This is a Steinway, correct? Is, this is a Steinway. Am I right? Okay, I just want to make sure. So you, you have two Steinways on the screen right now. Joe, you have a choice. You going for the Steinway on the left or are you going for the Steinway on the right? Well, Choose wisely. The Steinway on the left seems to have had more use. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. It might be broken in. Oh, there you go. Okay, all right. So Joe's looking at the Steinway on the left and saying, okay, maybe that one's been broken in, has been played more. The other one looks newer, hasn't been broken in yet, so now I have this opportunity to break it in. Well, what if I told you this? Those are actually the exact same Steinway. This is a before and after photo. See, the Steinway on the left has been restored to look like it does on the right. This is a photo of simple piano restoration. The Steinway and Son's piano has been restored. Brothers and sisters, we too need to be restored. We need a restoration. See, we need to be brought back to the gospel whenever it is that we have strayed away from the gospel. We have all the capacity to stray because we have already realized in our lives, if we've come to a saving faith in Jesus, that we already have strayed, that we have the potential to stray, or the knowledge to know that we will stray. Spiritually, just because we may look like the Steinway on the left at times, doesn't mean that we can't be restored back to the beautiful, almost new condition that we see on the right. See, what we can't forget, especially as we go through this text that we're going to go through this morning, we need to remember one thing, amongst other things, but there's something that's very important for us to understand as we begin. Jesus himself rejoices. Jesus himself rejoices when we have been restored back to the gospel, the good news, those in Christ's will never stray beyond his reach. See, that's the good news. If you're in Christ, you can never stray beyond his 
reach. Brothers and sisters, the purpose of being restored to the gospel when we stray is actually found in our sermon's title this morning. We've titled today's sermon this, How the Church Grows. How the Church Grows. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 18. You can join in your Bibles if you desire. No worries if you do not. We do have every single verse on the screen for you this morning. Today we're going to focus on church growth strategies. Never once have we spoken of church growth strategies from this here pulpit, but we're going to be doing this by focusing on seemingly anti-church growth methods. That's right. We're going to talk about how we can grow the church by actually really revealing some anti-church growth methods. See, what I mean by that is this. What we're going to do today is allow Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20, to show us how to grow the church. But I will go ahead and say this as I've already stated that. What we're going to see here in the Bible today, the world would tell us that's actually how you vacate the church. If you do what's said here in this text this morning, they will leave. So, do you want to see spiritual growth take off like a rocket ship here at Villa's Grace Church? If you do, if you want to see spiritual growth take off like a rocket ship, then commit yourself to do everything that Jesus tells us to do here in Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. So with that being said, Let's go ahead and get into this text and see how the church grows. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two of others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, I, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven." For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Amen. As we look at these six verses this morning, we're going to go ahead and put them into this one sentence right here. That sentence states this. According to Jesus, healthy growth is achieved when the church purges sin. According to Jesus, healthy growth is achieved when the church purges sin. Now, this week, as I was speaking with Pastor Jared about these verses, we were discussing what Jesus was actually saying here. He mentioned to me, it's kind of like a controlled burn. See, they will do controlled burns in forests or wooded areas for the purpose of removing tree limbs, debris, 
dead things, insects, things that are really choking out new healthy growth. You do the burn, get rid of the old, so the new can grow healthy. That's exactly what the church does with sin. If the church doesn't deal with sin, the church cannot grow. And now let me state this before we continue even further. We're not talking about numerical growth here this morning. Just because the numbers are there doesn't mean the spiritual health is there and vice versa. We're talking about spiritual growth. But sometimes when a church is spiritually healthy, the numbers will follow. Earlier we mentioned that Jesus rejoices when somebody's restored. This reminds me of what you see on your screen right now, Matthew Chapter 18, just a few verses before where we start this morning, because we're going to start in verse 15. But we need to be reminded of what Matthew 18, verse 13 says. Jesus himself said this. He says, and if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. Jesus rejoices more over the one that went astray than he does the 99 that didn't. Do you know what's even more astonishing about that? What's even more mind-blowing about that truth is the fact that Jesus will use the 99 to find the one. Brothers and sisters, Jesus uses us. And we see precisely this in our first few verses, verses 15, 16, and 17. Let's just get this out of the way, though. Before we continue, let's just get this out of the way. See, today what we're really discussing is something that you probably won't hear from a pulpit in 99.9% of most churches. What we're really discussing today is church discipline. That's what we're really discussing today. So your brother or sister in Christ sins against you. What do you do next? What do you do next? You go to them privately. See, this cuts off the danger of the unmet expectation. If somebody sins against you and you don't go to them privately one-on-one, you're setting them up for an unmet expectation. You're setting them up for failure because... Now they're going to do things along the way because you never brought the first situation to their attention and then they're going to keep on sinning against you and all the while you just keep brewing more and more and more. And then you hold even further grudges against your brother or sister in Christ. But there are advantages to doing this. Not just because Jesus tells us to do it. No, there are reasons why he's told us to do so. And one of the reasons why he's told us to do this is because it's based on relationship to begin with. We should be in relationship with each other. So you should go to that person in private first and foremost because you should have already established a relationship with them. If you hadn't established a relationship with them, they wouldn't have the opportunity to sin against you in the first place, now would they? Also, by going to them in private, it preserves dignity. 
You can bring their sin to their attention without others having to know. And then when we do it so it preserves dignity, ultimately what happens is it gives us an opportunity to determine whether or not the sin was committed willfully or in negligence. You don't know unless you ask the brother or sister. Also, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. By going to somebody privately who sinned against you, you have absolutely nothing to lose. Because that sin has already created a separation. And what does it say? It says, if he listens, you have gained your brother. The sin separated, you have nothing to lose by going to him because they're already astray. But if they listen to you, you gain your brother The one has strayed from the 99. Before we continue, pay attention to who God uses to purge sin from the church. We've already said it. You, me, we. Verse 16. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that the charge may be established by the evidence of two of three witnesses. This has happened. I've done this with two or three witnesses personally and then been accused of teaming up on the individual. Church. That was not the purpose. The purpose is restoration. The purpose is to restore the individual back to the good news. Because here's the problem. Sometimes the individual doesn't even know that they're committing the sin. And if you don't go to them, they will never know. It's an opportunity. So if you go to them in private and they don't listen, then you have to take two or three. But the motive doesn't change. The motive when you go to in private is restoration back to the gospel. The motive, motive if you go to them with two or three witnesses is restoration back towards the gospel. Now, Pastor Steve did mention something as I was discussing these verses with him, and I think this is good advice for us to heed. You don't just go grab two or three of your best buddies in the church and collude before and then bring the person in. No. You need to bring some neutral sources in. Because you may think that there's a sin being committed against you that maybe it's not. Therefore, we again, don't set somebody up for failure with the unmet expectation. We should do whatever it takes. Even if it means somebody's willing to accuse us of teaming up. Against them. We should do whatever it takes, even if somebody tells us we're less of a Christian because we're doing what Jesus tells us to do. And as we'll see shortly in speaking of teaming up, when we do this, Jesus is actually on our team. Brothers and sisters, let us not forget the whole point of church discipline ever. The whole point, each and every time, is Restoration back to the gospel. When we do this, people are reminded of why they need Christ. 
I need reminders of why I need Christ. Church, as my brothers and sisters in Christ, you should be willing to even do this with me. If I sin against you, which I will, nobody here is free from me sinning against them. Or any one of us. You should go to whoever it is in private first. Then you go with two or three witnesses. And then if they still don't listen, what does it say in verse 17? You treat them like a Gentile or a tax collector. You let them go away from the church and away from the gospel. Allow Satan to have his way so therefore they're really reminded of why it is that they need Christ. See, the church is a human organization and us humans are very sinful. Sin's going to happen. But that's all the more reason why we have to do the controlled burn. It's all the more reason why we have to get rid of the dead tree limbs and leaves and anything else that's choking out healthy growth like debris, invasive plants, or even insects. We have to do the burn. We have to purge that sin. This church, no church can grow if we just sweep sin under the rug. Not one of us, not one of us is above church discipline. And this brings us to our first point this morning, which states this. Growing in the gospel requires accountability. Because after all, how can you perform church discipline without accountability? Growing in the gospel requires accountability. Again, thinking of our main idea in that mentality or that illustration of the controlled burn, we understand that according to Jesus, healthy growth is achieved when the church purges sin. This is utmost for us to remember. We need the accountability with one another because we're all part of the 99. And from what we know from Scripture, there's always going to be a one. And God will use the 99 to bring back the one because what does it say? It says that Jesus rejoices when somebody's restored back to the gospel. Christians are really good at shooting their wounded. We don't shoot our wounded. No man left behind. We do this together. For a high percentage of us, everywhere we go, not all of us here, but for most of us, everywhere we go, we go somewhere with Google, don't we? Has Google gotten you out of some jams? You ever need to Google something really quick because you you don't know what it is that you, you need or need to know to say something correctly, go to a store, make sure that you're buying the right product. We use Google as a guide. Google tells us where to go. Google gives us answers. Brothers and sisters, Google is somewhat beneficial. I will admit that, somewhat beneficial. But after all, Google is not Jesus. And sometimes we use things like this, technologies, to take his place. Brothers and sisters, Google is, like I said, somewhat beneficial, but 
Google's algorithm actually may just mislead you. Verses 18 and 20 say this, Truly I say to you, see, Jesus is refocusing our attention. This is a new emphasis on something that's already been stated. So what he's already said in verses 15, 16, and 17, he's actually re-emphasizing by saying, Truly I say to you, He says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This needs to be put in layman's terms. I think it would best serve all of us if it were. Basically, what's being said is this. The church has the authority to perform discipline. It's also saying that the church has the authority to determine if someone is forgiven or unforgiven according to God's word. That's why we do this together. The church determines. Because we should know what God's word states. One commentator put it like this. He said, Our disciplinary actions toward the sinning brother or sister are actually our participation in the father's zealous pursuit of his little one. His pursuit of the one that strayed from the 99. Earlier we mentioned that Jesus was on the team along with us. And we get that when it says, when two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there are I among them. Unlike Google, this is guaranteed guidance. Not some algorithm that may mislead. Now, one thing I think we we need to mention here, and especially as we're talking about, I mean, almost saying, hey, we're calling out people's sin, but that's not what we're doing. That is not what we're doing. We don't run around trying to find people's sin. That's not the point of any of this. It has been in my experience that people will expose themselves. It just happens. The light exposes the darkness. And if you're doing things in darkness, the light will shine bright. But it's our job to take advantage of that light when it does shine. And I will say here at Villa's Grace, since we've been here, we've actually had to perform church discipline. You wouldn't think it. You would say, wait, hold on, man. I love those people. Everybody at Villa's Grace is so sweet, loving, and caring. They're sweet, loving, and caring sinners. That's all of us. We're not trying to call out sin. Your sin will call you out. It's our job as part of the 99 to help the one realize that they're not with the rest of the flock. Also, I want to go back. I mentioned earlier about Jesus being on our team because... You can be accused if you bring two or three witnesses of teaming up on an individual. Most would dream to have the goat on their team. Let me explain that. It's actually foolishness. Goat, it's an acronym. Well, it means like a goat, like a billy goat. But actually what it means is G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. So people would say Michael Jordan's the goat. Or... Whoever else it may be. Babe Ruth, he's the goat for Major League Baseball. 
Church, Jesus is not the goat, okay? He's not the goat. In fact, by calling Jesus the goat, you're getting yourself into trouble because Jesus isn't bound by time. But what I would like to say is we have the G-I-E-P on our team. Now, I know it doesn't sound as clever, but it really just means we have the greatest in eternity past, present, and future on our team. Church, discipline is extremely difficult. It is extremely difficult. Sometimes people don't want to be exposed. Why most churches neglect it is for this very reason. Why Jesus said he's with us on our team is for this very reason, because it is difficult. Now, this verse gets misused. People will say, oh, well, if you bring two or three together, Jesus is going to hear your prayers more. But that's not what's being said here. This is Jesus coming alongside us to guide us in this process because He wants to rejoice when somebody's restored. So if you're here at this church and a brother or sister comes to you in private, know the end goal is restoration. We all commit sins that we're ignorant of. And sometimes we need somebody to come alongside us to let us know that you're being sinful right now. I have benefited here at Villa's Grace from individuals bringing my sin to my attention. I hope that we all can be in the same boat and not take offense because after all, only thing we care about is worshiping our Lord and Savior. That is the whole purpose of our service this morning. It's to worship Christ and Him crucified. And if He tells us in His Scripture that He rejoices when we're restored, then we better be willing to allow Him to use His 99 to restore the one that has gone astray. Because that one just may be you, and it just may be me. Church, we cannot just preach sin from the pulpit. We would be foolish to only preach against sin from the pulpit, but then never do anything about it. We have to preach what Christ says in His Word, and then we have to be proactive in applying His Word. Remember, this is how the church grows. Some might say highlighting people's sin will make them run. It may. It may. That's why Jesus says treat them like a Gentile or a tax collector. And hopefully, hopefully, when they do run, they're restored. Because that's still the point. Whether they come to an understanding when you come to them in private, or whether they come to an understanding when you come to them with two or three witnesses, or whether you treat them like a Gentile or tax collector, the main objective is still the main objective. Restoration back to Christ. God could use man to restore that Steinway that we saw. 
He can use us to restore a brother or sister spiritually. So as Joe joins me on his Steinway, that is your Steinway, Joe. I don't care what anybody says. If it wasn't for Joe Reeder, we wouldn't have purchased that Steinway. You can clap for that. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, we must hold one another accountable. We titled our sermon, How the Church Grows, yet we shouldn't be concerned with church growth. Never once have I ever worried or cared about numbers here. That's, that's not the point. Spiritual health is what we actually should be worried about. We should be concerned with what Jesus actually tells us to do. And when we do what Jesus tells us to do, it is abundantly clear that growth will happen. Church, we must hold one another accountable because Jesus has said this. He said, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Jesus also said, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. And in a last ditch effort, what did Jesus say? He said, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Brothers and sisters, Let's be the church that Jesus has called us to be. Let's be the church that he has called us to be. Let's be a church that grows. But we must understand, growth will never happen if we don't purge sin. And this brings us to our second and final point this morning, which states this. Jesus comes alongside those He's called to church discipline. Jesus comes alongside those he's called to church discipline. So if you're in the midst of church discipline, rest assured no matter what side you find yourself on, Jesus will come alongside you. That's the reason why he says where there's two or more that gather, I am there with you. We must not forget our first point this morning which stated this growing in the gospel requires accountability let's be accountable to one another I know that I have benefited from your accountability the Lord has restored me many times here at Villa's Grace Church by working through you I want to be that encouragement to you in your life as well and finally Our main idea that ties all six of these verses together this morning stated this. According to Jesus, healthy growth is achieved when the church purges sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that we can be a church that is about doing your work that you have called us to do. I pray that we can take your words seriously. I pray that we can lean upon each other in doing so for the ultimate purpose of making followers of Jesus who make followers of Jesus. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.